Well, welcome everybody. This is Friends of Flow, and my name is Tess Judge Ellis. I'm Rebecca Porter. And I'm Andrew Witters. And we're excited today for some special guests that are all the way from uh, Michigan. Right, so I'm going to let Rebecca take it over. I'm really pleased to introduce Tiffany and Kathy of the Henry Ford Hospital, winners of the Go Clear Award, and they're going to be talking about surgical smoke evacuation. Thank you, and thanks for having us. We're really pleased to be with you. Uh, my name is Kathy Osgood. I'm the Chief Nursing Officer and Vice President of Patient Care Services at Wyandotte Henry Ford Hospital. Um, I've been with the organization for just a little bit over a year and a half now. Um, I come to the area living south of here in Monroe, having worked in um, various southeastern Michigan hospitals for over 30 years. I won't give you details because that'll tell my age. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mostly in um, ED and critical care as well as nursing administration. So I'm really happy to join you. Tip? Well, I'm Tiffany Cherney. I'm the Regional Director for Surgical Services and Trauma. Um, I've been at Henry Ford this time for about eight years. Um, I was a paramedic in the ER earlier than um, in about 2000. Left, went worked the road, then decided, hey, let's try this nursing thing. All the cool kids are nurses. Um, that's the <laughs> truth, though. Kathy, how did you, did you know you wanted to go into administration? Was that always your bent? No. <laughs> you know, when you're in nursing school, that's not something that usually as a brand new nurse, you end up saying, I want to be an administrator. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I've always known I wanted to be a nurse. Uh, it's one of those things that I think that you have a calling for. And um, I did brief stints in college to try to try out other things like a teacher for a short period of time. And went, if I ever want to have my own children, I cannot be a teacher. And I always came back to nursing. I really dug into my nursing career. Um, blessed to also have some wonderful children and do some side stints then after I had those children in case management and um, some hospice on the side, which made me become a better nurse. Once I understood uh, the world outside of critical care, I, I really, I really, um, I, I think you could say blossomed as a nurse and then got tapped on the shoulder to say, oh, hey, our director's leaving. <laughs> Would you mind taking over for a little while? It'll just be interim. Um, the famous right. word, interim. So that's when I, I truly did embrace leadership and um, did not dream in my wildest dreams that I could ever be a chief nursing officer. I was the nurse at the bedside still in my mind as a critical care nurse, as an educator, as a CNS, just trying to impact patient care. But the more I stayed in leadership, the more I embraced it because I really do think that as a leader, we have an obligation to become servant leaders and to humbly influence our patients. So that's how I got here. What I love is how nursing, you can do so many things and that your story sure. talks about like, well, they needed me. Sure. I can try this. Yeah. I really see what you're doing, Kathy, um, is being an advocate for nurses and mm -hmm. as nurses, we talk about being advocates for our patients, but our code of ethics, and that's what I do for my, the rest of my life is, is ethics. The code of ethics really cause, calls for us to advocate for nurses as well. 
And I think this kind of dovetails into our topic today a little bit in terms of um, smoke plume evacuation. And um, I see you as leaders in this area, and we're kind of interested in how did that come to be? Why smoke plume evacuation for you? I'll hand this one off to Tiffany. You know, <laughs> you know the thing is, surgical smoke has been around ever since you could literally, and it was since, ever since we started trying to sort out how to make that little bleeder stop in a more efficient way instead of someone putting their finger on it. You know, so as things progressed, you know, more is better and everybody just said, you know what, if I want that efficiency, I'm going to be dealing with some bad stuff. And is it really bad? We're burning tissue. You know, we deal with this burning stuff. And so it just became part of our culture to accept it. I was at a conference and they started talking about smoke evacuation and AORN was talking about this new program called Go Clear. And, but let's just, I'm like, what is this? Let's just find out. What is the smoke evacuation stuff? This is bad. So I'm an outsider coming in going, wait a minute, this isn't making much sense. And bring it back to my team and my team goes, Tiffany, this doesn't make sense, but we struggle with this every day. That's how, so we started this conversation of just, just isn't right. And it's something that only really recently our profession has just said, hey, yo, heads up, guys. This is not something we should be accepting. So who is on your team? Who is on your team when you say that? Okay, so my OR manager, first off, Sharon Larkin, my clinical coordinators, um, as far as setting up the leadership, I absolutely made sure my senior leadership team was on board, um, Kathy and our chief operating officer. Um, then I started engaging our surgeon leadership because as I saw it, this we were the final piece. I'm interested in Kathy's perspective on when um, Tiffany came to you. And do you remember that when she came to you and, and what yes. happened then? And because you're yes. like the you're like the grand dame there at the CNO, <laughs> like you're the at the you're yeah. the, what they call the C-suite, and so that's a big deal. And and I mean that might be a little intimidating for some you know of our younger nurses. But and, and did they did you take um, the science and literature with you, or um, Tiffany? Or we're asking a lot of questions. I just want to know the very <laughs> practical step by step. I could have brought her a pile this big. But one thing I'm very big in is I do what I call one-sheet wonders, mm -hmm. and I do an executive summary. And because I know that thing is that I can use that to sell that all the way to from Kathy to anybody, but I'm only going to get her attention for one sheet. And so I took her one of those one-sheet <laughs> wonders that had the facts, that had the business case on it, and um, all the goals, outcomes, and handed it over to Kathy. Bright colors, big pictures. That always helps. <laughs> There's research that goes There's behind it. And, and Tiffany, being a very um, highly engaged leader uh, who also has her DNP, she understands how to do that presentation, right? So she knows what I'm going to be asking for. What's the patient outcomes that we're going to see? What's the impact on the staff, the surgeons? Have you brought together the multidisciplinary team to make sure that everybody's voice is heard? 
what is the fiscal impact? What is the timeline of implementation? What is the cost of the instruments? Are the surgeons on board? What is their feedback? Um, and then right. she's saying the one sheet wonder. I love it because it's a everything in a snapshot that then provides the basis for what I bring to the senior leadership team or we bring to the senior, senior leadership team. And I already know the questions that everybody's going to ask from the finance department all the way through supply chain. So how did you take that to the C-suite then, Kathy? Every week we meet and um, I bring whatever one sheet wonders that Tiff is bringing me for the week because we all give our own update. And we, I have a surgical services update that I give to the senior leadership team every Monday. Um, so when Tiffany and I meet, that it's a natural progression that anything new that's coming along gets presented there. Right about this time, we had become a sole source facility with Ethicon. And so we're like, okay, so, well, we kind of have to go this route. But we were really blessed because we had this, um, our site rep, and I hope I'm not slaughtering his title because I won't slaughter his name. His name was Stephen. And Stephen really sat there, and it was about a partnership. It was kind of like a little little game where we tried to conquer as we went. And we took it service line by service line, and then we did surgeon by surgeon within that service line. And Stephen made it as a constant. He He constantly was looking for the roadblocks and knew that we were aligned. And what was so cool about it, was there was no excuse. That was what was so neat because one of the biggest excuses that people had was this doesn't feel right. It's not natural. Yeah. yeah. But then it was like, well, let me get you an extension. Well, this isn't right. Let's try this one and this. This is too loud. Did you move it here or did you move it down one? So yeah. that aligned with the way we had done our kind of our our layers of implementation. Mm -hmm. So you were already thinking about resistance to change. This is the future. This is now. Let's all move forward together. This is it. We're not going back. And so we were able to align with with, um, the Ethicon team to help us establish that new future. Our leadership team, our staff was already there. Our staff was already in that new future Mm -hmm. because that's what they wanted. They wanted that smoke evacuation. The more we kept doing, and then partnering with AORN that gave us that framework, they said, here's a policy based on best practices. Here is education that is intense and tells you just the realities of it. Um, Here's standards you should do with audits. That's the other cool part of this Go Clear program. So we're looking at audits, we're looking at policies, education, and then surgeon commitment. Mm -hmm. That's the other piece, too. Surgeons and anesthesia commitment, that they're going to be using smoke evacuation. Um, Everything kept so smooth sailing. It became that way because every we had all these little tools to help us just keep heading toward that goal, and that light at the tunnel kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It was awesome. That real-time intervention? Yeah. With the surgeons is probably one of the biggest key um, factors in the success. So that partnership in real time really helped them be successful. And that was, that was something else that your your partnership with with Ethicon and and Stephen then your your rep was helped to, able to facilitate. Yes, yes, um, because um, Stephen would hear 
at that time that, you know, a surgeon would go, I can't use this. It doesn't give me the extension I need. Boom. We'd yeah. handle that. Um, I just can't. I don't like this. This drape. Here's this. Boom. I mean, truly, one of the times, one of the guys says, this smoke evacuator is too loud. I can't do this smoke evacuator thing. It's too loud. He goes, here, let me move this one shelf down. And all of a sudden, it made it miraculously better. I'm Jeez. like, <laughs> so this is, it was in removing barriers. And only a couple times, but that's why when I talk about those layers, mm-hmm. so when they made it to me, there was a couple of surgeons that said, we will not, so it made it to me. I had that courageous conversation with them. But because I was aligned with Cedar Leadership, they weren't going to go running down to the C-suite saying, I'm not going to use this, I'm not going to use this. No, everyone was aligned and educated and dedicated to the right goal. That was, that's what made this so impactful. And I think it's been a secret to the way we've sustained this. So, yeah. That's awesome. All the, Cause one all of the way the, up to the one president. One of the issues um, yep. is always how do we sustain a new program that everybody will eventually buy in. But then it's so easy to slip back into how we always did things. And um, so how do you sustain that energy and sustain the use of the smoke evacuator? So there's two ways. One we did was before we even started, and that's why we had leadership engaged in this. That's why we had everyone educated. We used the framework with policy procedure. But when we're dealing with especially medical disposables, you got to have supply chain aligned with this. So when you're looking at prepacks and you're looking at sole vendors and that, supply chain has to be at your hip. So one thing we found in surgery was that a standard bovi, or this, you know, this, our standard little smoke plume thingy, was part going to come in every one of our major kits. And truly, from a senior leadership standpoint, the entire team, from the chief medical officer to the president to the COO, to finance, to human resources, we're all on the same page to be supportive. It's not the heavy-handed senior leadership team saying, you shall do this. It's how do we support this process in the right way? And going down the whole high reliability journey, this is the right thing to do. And how do we make it consistent for every patient every time? supports what Tiffany and her team are doing. Yes. So what sort of outcomes? I'm, I'm curious as to how long you've been smoke-free and then the outcomes that you've seen, both um, just in employee satisfaction fiscally and such. So first off, the big thing is we remain um, over 90% smoke-free. Mm-hmm. We would um, Some of our initial surveys said we were 93%. Now I can name you one surgeon and his two cases that it's done. I mean, this is just, we don't, it's there an exception to the rule, the mm-hmm. being the rule. That's an amazing accomplishment. <laughs> and this is, and so we're our, we're, I mean, we're 11 ORs, three procedure rooms, our ASC is, and then plus this is also down in our OB as well. So this is in our two OB ORs. So we, the whole hospital went at the same time. We said that was because I have some of the um, OB guys that would go up in my neck of the woods when we were trying to set this up, and then they'd go downstairs, and they're like, oh, we don't have to use that. And God bless my OB leadership because they were like, what are y'all doing up there? Yeah. And so that alignment helped. <laughs> um, and as far as outcomes, 
we continue to have the lowest turnover in, and I'm so proud of this, whoo, um, the lowest turnover in <laughs> our um, in our hospital. Um, we get maybe one opening a year, and that's because our staff sees us as a team and a family, and that's what's helped so much is that we make investments like this. Um, I'm going to jump in, but, you know, that yeah. saves money too, right? Mm-hmm. Are you guys, oh, yeah. from training new nurses and such, that's phenomenal. But go ahead. Right, and the impact on and having a stable team that they can rely on each other and know what each other's next move is going to be is probably the, the biggest safety culture move that we could possibly make. You guys had asked me the question, you know, how did you build credibility, how did you do this? And I still remember the staff meeting when I said, hey, guys, we're going to be doing this Go Clear Award. We're all aligned. We're ready to do this. And one of my more tenured nurses raised her hand and said, you mean, okay, so we've known this has been bad for a while, and y'all just choosing to do something about this now. <laughs> I got it. You know what? I got it. And then I said, you know what? I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't understand. But now I do. It's not acceptable and it shouldn't be acceptable to right. you. And everyone in the room was like, yeah, 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 because I don't know if they really started to realize until we launched on this journey that it was bad, but just how unacceptable it is. And so once everybody got on that framework, boom. How long have you guys been at 90% or above? Um, we are well over, we're about a year and a half yeah. now. That's awesome. That's just so inspirational. I, I mean, I... I I really, I really think it is because, because, uh, and this, this goes a little shout out to, to our listeners too. I mean, to all of our, you know, nursing leadership, including executives, but our, our, our students that are listening, including our, our colleagues in the ORs. Um, I think this is, this is a call out to, to engage with, with processes that, 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 that either need change or that, that something you feel passionate about. Don't, don't be afraid to, to engage because this is what it can turn into some, something amazing. So when you think about um, our listeners and who's going to be listening to our podcast, um, places that don't have a smoke evacuation, what's your best advice of where to start? AORN. Yeah. Start there. Look at the toolkit and the program, and that really gives you the basis and the outline of where to start. Also, if there's a way to partner with other hospitals that have done this already, Connect with them. Connect with other um, nurses, OR nurses, so that we can help share that knowledge and some of the successes and barriers. So I have, I have a specific question about uh, when you're implementing this uh, uh, in the hospital uh, uh, setting, what, were, were there certain specialties that had a harder time uh, accepting uh, the process because, because of something maybe procedural? One that seemed to get us was anything around the spine. Yeah, I see. Because the spine was the biggie because it was all about the reach and the feel and the comfort. That was the great benefit of the partnership with Stephen and Ethicon because they sat there and said, this doesn't work. Well, I know this piece. Well, this doesn't work. I know this. So that's anything around the spine automatically, one, it's change, and those guys are very regimented in their processes, but two, the comfort and the access and the angle is key. The great news was we overcame everyone. Who, who are the ones that uh, were the, the quickest to, to perhaps um, adapt uh, to, to, to a, a new type of product like this? 
um, um, based on the procedure that was being done? Um, it was a tie. Actually, my uh, general ortho and um, general surgery, they were just all in. If any, I have to give a little bit more props to my general ortho because he was the one going, I don't want that bovie anywhere in my room. Why is this bovie in my room? giving it away. I oh, want that's awesome. This, I want the smoke evacuator. And so then general surgery saw that this was all that was the standard. And then they're like, well, no, it's us. It's our turn. So, yep. So here's a question for you. How is this filtering into other areas of your health system? You kind of talked about it a little bit, but how is that process going on? We remain a role model and we're not going back. That's why our sister facilities are moving forward, learning from some of the lessons we've talked about, Mm -hmm. and we've set up supply chain things that make them up for success. We've got um, the partnership with Ethicon. Was it really necessary to have a policy? Yeah. You know. So we chose to do a guideline. We chose to use the evidence-based framework provided by AORN, and we tweaked it to things that were very appropriate to our facility. One thing that I had to kind of um, acquiesced to, and that was instead of saying must use smoke evacuation, it says should use smoke evacuation in all procedures where possible. I had to take out that must. I'm a big fan of must because that would have given me some teeth. But the should is strong enough to where I refer to that as a guy when I, and I've had to do that once it passed. But then it also, it was huge. When at the OR committee, Kathy was there, our mm-hmm. chief operating officer, Peter, was there. I had several um, surgeon representatives and anesthesia representatives. So when I brought that guideline forward, I said, hey, here it is. This is it. We're making the big commitment. This is kind of the official stamp of what we've been doing. And it passed everybody 100% to the affirmative. It passed quickly. Mm-hmm. There was no big discussion other than... Long time coming. Should have been doing this. This is the right investment. So that was, it was kind of a nice little bow. That's awesome. And it's a good thing to showcase to the rest of the departments within the hospital. This is what you can do. This is what your voice being brought forward can do and change. And you have the power. Be the change yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. And that's and that's great because we we we, we typically end our 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 podcasts on on pearls of wisdom or. Or, or, or motivational, you know, uh, comments to, to have. And so, um, yeah, what are your pearls now going forward? Pearls of wisdom to folks who may want to move forward with and hear the call to move forward with um, smoke plume evacuation. So I don't know, Kathy's was pretty good, but I'll just, you know, speaking first off, just you got to commit. Right. You know, just commit. If you're putting the patient at the center, put your staff at the center, and you just commit. This is the right thing. And also, commit and don't look back. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't lower your standard. Find the right partner. You've got to find the right partner in this. That's in the C Street suite. That's in the vendor that you choose. And that is at the staff. They are all your partners in this success. Um, you just don't look back. Find the right people and just, it's all about the future. Don't worry about the culture that's been around for years. That's, that's yesterday. Look forward. Yeah. Well, we have to say a big thank you. Yeah. 
to you guys out thank there you. in Michigan. Oh, thank you. A big thank you. A thank you to Kathy Osgood for taking the time and to Tiffany Cherney as well. We really appreciate this, and it's been great fun talking to you and learning about your journey and about, for me, learning about smoke evacuation. So thank you. All right. Oh, so thank you. you. Thanks for asking us. You're welcome. So we're going to sign off on this podcast edition of Friends of Flow, and I'm Tess Judge Ellis. Rebecca Porter. And this is Andy Witters telling you to innovate, agitate, and educate. I say keep your eye on the patient. And as a Canadian, I say keep your stick on the ice. This podcast is sponsored by Ethicon US LLC. The information contained in this podcast and findings and conclusions expressed are those reached independently by the authors. Copyright 2018 Ethicon US LLC. All rights reserved. 